0: This first Spurscast episode 553. My name is Paul Garcia, and I am the host of Spurscast. Joining me for this episode is Project Spurs' own Benjamin Bornstein. Ben, how you doing, man? I am great, sir. How you doing? I'm doing well myself. Uh, you know how's how's the summer and the off season be, been treating you? It's been a hot one. It's like <laughs> 100
1: inches from the midday sun, as my good friend Rob Thomas says.
0: Yeah, here, here in San Antonio, it's been, it's been pretty hot, too, and just gross like, to walk outside. It's always like you just feel the humidity and the stickiness everywhere. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're not here to talk about the weather. We're here to talk about, uh, you know, the San Antonio Spurs. So Ben and I are gonna be going to go into through two different things. We're going to talk uh, first to kind of update what's going on with the FIBA World Cup after the last episode I released last week. And then we're also going to go into, uh, you know, a question he, he had uh, regarding um, the offseason and kind of what he wanted, you know, some, some of the, the, the prospects he wants to watch and why he, we want to go to the uh, Spurs' uh, cap situation for next year in terms of the roster development and what it's going to look like. So that's kind of where me and Ben are, are going to be discussing those kind of topics today. So let's first begin real quick, Ben, with an update at the FIBA World Cup. So uh, after I recorded, round two began, the second round, and uh, Marco Bellinelli in Italy, their run is done. They ended their their uh, their FIBA World Cup run at 3-2. and two. Their big losses were to Serbia and Spain, so they didn't get to advance. Um, Paddy Mills in Australia... Uh, they are playing uh, Wednesday morning against the Czech Republic. Uh, they're right now undefeated. Now, um, again, we want to make sure. I want to make sure and let listeners know that when you're listening to this, Project Spurs listeners, uh, you're probably already know the results of that game because uh, this probably won't go up to sometime um, Wednesday, you know, daytime, maybe even later in the evening. So, so you'll know the results if Patty won and he kept moving on, or if he lost and, and they're out of, and his team is out of the World Cup. The same thing can be said for Derek White and Coach Pop. They're with Team USA. They remain undefeated as of the evening, Tuesday evening, that Ben and I are recording this. However, they have a very early uh, game against France on Wednesday. And and so, um, you know, again, same thing. By the time this Spurs cast goes up, Coach Pop and Derek White will be done uh, with that game. So we'll see if they either move on if they win or if they're out as well. So so there's still a few Spurs players left in this World Cup as as of right now that Ben and I are recording um now that the one guy that i do want to spend a little bit of time on even though he's out of the world cup now his team is Chimezie metu in nigeria so nigeria went three and two uh in, in those five games at the world cup they did qualify for the 2020 tokyo olympics so, so that's so that's in that that we may be able to see Chimezie again next next summer if, if he, uh, he if he's on the nigerian team but i, I do want to talk about uh, Chimezie in particular so he finished his his five games uh, averaging 18.8 minutes, uh, scoring 9 points, 5.6 rebounds, 1.4 assists, uh, 1.6 turnovers, and 1.2 blocks. Now, my biggest takeaway from watching Chemezi over the last two weeks at the World Cup was his three-point shooting. Now, I know, like, like I mentioned last week, that the FIBA World Cup line is a lot shorter than the NBA line. It's, it's about the equivalency of the corner three in the NBA, which is about 22 feet. Now, Chemezi shot really well there. He shot 1.8 threes per game, so he took, um, you know, over, over a three per game, and he shot 55.6%. Now, I don't think, you know, it's a very small sample size. It's only five games. I don't think he's going to shoot that for a whole season with the Spurs, but Ben, what, the reason why I wanted to ask you is because you, you, you kind of scouted Chemezi before the Spurs picked him uh, that year that he got drafted. And my question to you is, um, you know, back at USC, was was the, the 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 jumper part of his game? Was that something you were seeing as, as in development? Uh, what do you think about that as far as it being a, a the type of shot that he's using right now and it being a sustainable shot for him? Uh, he when he was at USC, he definitely showed
1: the ability to step out and hit it. Shot about thirty percent from three. Granted, I don't think he shot very many. Mm -hmm. And like you were saying, this is a small sample size, so it's, you know, 55% in the few attempts he took is not sustainable over the course of 82 games. But I think that has been something he's been working on. And I think if he is playing in Austin this year, I think he'll get the opportunity to shoot a lot of threes and hopefully make a lot of threes. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So I, I do think that is something to keep an eye on. I do believe that it could be, it could become one of his very valuable uh, traits if he gets called up to San Antonio
0: yeah i know that's a good point and and like i kind of mentioned last week I, I don't think that his play at the at the world cup is something where he's going to get any kind of minutes or get a kind of role so i do think majority of the season he is going to end up in austin but you know that just adds something to his versatile uh, to his versatility the fact that that he can um you know space the floor if if he tries it again we have to see it happen at the nba level i think one thing that's a little concerning is that all these threes he took at the world cup were above the break threes which we know that's that's a further distance in the nba I, I didn't really see him shoot any corner threes during that sample size so so again maybe the shot that he really likes the distance as far as it, where it's at it's maybe not as comfortable for him in the nba and and like you said uh, we didn't really see it with the spurs last year and i don't even recall if he shot a lot of those with the austin spurs so so we'll see if he if he implements that into his uh, nba arsenal uh, this coming season now, the big topic I wanted to discuss, Ben, uh, or you want to discuss with me, because you wanted to approach me about this question, was about the versus off season next year. And so, can you kind of give the listeners um, uh, some reason why you approached me with this question, and why we're going to kind of dive into this uh, so early? You know, a year, a year in advance. Absolutely. Uh, one,
1: it is the off season, and <laughs> not everybody not everybody cares about FIBA like we do, and that's fine, and that's cool. We get that. Uh, but what I w- when I approached Paul, I really wanted to talk about the 2020 offseason and what, what to expect in the draft for the Spurs, because there, there are specific positions they should address. There are some that they don't need to touch. And so one, one of the questions I got a lot last year was, Hey Ben, why aren't you profiling more guards? Uh, why, you know, we, we, we see you doing all these forwards and these big men's, why don't big men, why don't you have any guards and my answer is, my answer was, well, I don't expect the Spurs to draft any guards because they are guard heavy right now. And they still are going to be guard heavy. So that's at least point guard heavy. They will be I should rephrase, they will be point guard heavy in the 2020 offseason still for the guys who are under contract. And, of course, we are right now assuming no one gets traded, which yeah. is always a possibility. So this, of course, may change. But basically I wanted to address everybody saying when I go and I'm doing my profiling this year, it's going to be a there are going to be some shooting guards in there, but it's going to be a lot of forwards and big men. Because yeah. the Spurs have one true center on the roster and Jakob Pertl. He's going to be a restricted
0: free agent in the summer. For sure. And that's kind of let, 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 let's go to kick it off there. Let's let's first for the Spurs cast let's let's go into who is, you know, inked on the page right now to be on the team next year in terms of guaranteed money, like solid guaranteed contracts. And there's only right now one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, there's only a few players. You know, so so you talked about point guards. They already have those two guys. You know, already uh, there, guaranteed next year, and that's Derek White and Patty Mills. Now I know I know Dejounte's there too, but he right now he is a restricted free agent next year. Then you have Lonnie Walker at the shooting guard. Yeah, at small 40, you have Damari Carroll and and Keldon Johnson, and then at the power 40, you have Rudy Gay and Lucas Simonich – and then at center, there's like literally nobody. Like like you just said, Ben Perles a restricted. I mean, a um, a restricted free agent, yeah. And there's no other like bigs out there. So so I definitely get why why you're going to be targeting forwards and bigs. Uh, and you know, we assume that Lamarcus would still be back. You know, he has a 24 million dollar contract next year. It's partially guaranteed, but I don't think the Spurs would waive him. And then there's also the question about you know the, the wing spot about two like Demar and He's he's got a player option next year for 27.7 million, so he could easily uh, easily opt out of that by June 29th and become an unrestricted free agent, potentially leave San Antonio, or they could extend him. They have until June 30th to to try to figure out a way to extend him. Uh, so so where do you want to begin there? So let's
1: talk about point guards. And yes, you mentioned that that area is pretty much shored up. Like you said, Patty Mills. He's on the hook for about thirteen point three million, if we're rounding numbers here. Mm-hmm. Um, Dejounte Murray restricted free agent, but you have to believe that, barring a major physical collapse by Dejounte Murray, they are going to match whatever offer is made for him. So they will do every the, the Spurs will do everything in their power to keep Dejounte Murray, presumably, so that they can let Patty Mills go in the summer of twenty twenty one or you know, give it, get it, try and get him for less money. Yeah. And uh, Derek White has a team option next summer at three and a half mil. The Spurs, I assume, will be more than happy to take on that three and a half mil for a player like Derek White. If they don't renegotiate and up his, I don't know if they'll be eligible to renegotiate and uh, give uh, him the money, but, um, you know, if they can't, yeah. th- they'll be very happy to pay Derek White three and a half mil for his services, that definitely exceed that number. Um, shooting guards, as you mentioned, DeRozan, twenty-seven point seven mil. and That's a player option. Unless, uh, unless he just has the most superb year of his career, I don't see him opting out of that and trying to get more money.
0: Oh, you don't think but, he's? An, you don't think he'll opt out? Wow. I, I don't. I, at
1: twenty-seven point seven. Yeah. Uh, granted, NBA players are mercurial in nature and make seemingly dumb decisions all the time with their money. But I I just, uh, I, I mean, unless DeRozan just has, like, he's a first-teamer, all-star, you know, is shooting career highs across the board, I don't see a reason for him to opt out and try and get more money, even with... A salary cap that is being raised
0: yeah see that that's the place where i I differ a little bit just because i look at the class of 2020 free agents and and DeRozan might be one of the hottest guys on the market like one of the one of the best players out there uh when you just look at some of these names i mean it's a really rough class i mean obviously anthony davis is the best player on that team we probably assume he's going to end up with the lakers unless they have a crazy season uh he also has a player option but i mean that's why I, I was always assuming DeRozan probably would opt out uh, this coming offseason just because of even though it's twenty seven point seven, I think that he can get a max or close closer to that his max, which is in, in the in the thirties, uh, uh, this coming summer. Because that, like I said, that that free agent class, woof, it's it's rough right now. Yeah, I'm looking at it, and like I'll, and... I'll give you some names of, of like the notable. I wrote down some names. You got DeRozan who could probably opt out uh, if he bounces back. Gordon Hayward could be a I mean, a player option. Otto Porter Jr. might be one of your best players, Jalen Brown, Joe Harris, uh, Paul Millsap, um, Andre Drummond, uh, Sabonis is a restricted free agent, like I said, Anthony Davis, Derek Favors, uh, Brandon Ingram, Janelle De- Gallinari, yeah, you got Plumlee, you got Fournier, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Buddy Heal, Kyle Lowry, Marcus, Gasol, Serge Ibaka, F- Fred Van Vliet. And then uh, restricted free agents, Pascal Siakam, which Toronto would probably max him out. Uh, so again, like there's like no, you know, I'm looking at this. I think Lowry's the only All Star on that out of that list of players, and Davis, Anthony Davis, they're the only two All Stars right now that I'm that I see on this list of 2020 free agents. That's fair. He could, yeah, yeah, with that context, he could definitely opt out,
1: leverage more money, and I mean, he could still be with the Spurs, but he could take, mm-hmm. he could end up earning more money. Um, so I guess that will definitely be something we have to keep an eye on because if he – I mean if he has a subpar season, then yeah. you have to believe he's opting in.
0: Yes, for sure. I, I think that's definitely the always, case. He won't get the
1: money. Um,
0: Lonnie Walker,
1: team option at a shade under $3 million, and I think the Spurs will be more than happy to pay that. Um then you have Marco Bellinelli, Bryn Forbes as unrestricted free agents. Mm-hmm. I get the. My gut tells me they would let Bellinelli go, and I think they'd have to let go of Forbes only because somebody else is going to overpay him. With the way mm-hmm. he's played the last few seasons, he has definitely outplayed his contract. So I think somebody is going to end up bidding, or, you know, paying more for his services than the Spurs are willing to.
0: Yeah, and with Forbes, I'm really interested to see, what you know, what, where, where does he play this year? You know, uh, it's hard to find minutes for him because, you know, you, you can still start him, but then you're putting Derek White or DeJounte on the bench, one of those guys. Uh, or if you bring him off the bench, you know, he's really sharing money, a lot of minutes with Patty, with, uh, with Marco Bellinelli, with, with, with maybe Lonnie Walker. The so it's really tough for me to see Forbes, you know, being here long-term, unless unless they were to work out some sort of trade for Patty Mills and let Forbes become the, um, the, the next, like, backup point guard kind of player. Uh, what do you think about about him? So, so you still think he's probably not going to be back with the Spurs Brent for Forbes, right? I mean, unless they make that Patty Mills trade, in which case they
1: could afford to bring him back for a little more money. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I would say, and it's not because the Spurs don't like him, it's just because I don't think they'll be able to pay him as much money because they're, they're going to have to think about Jakob Purtle as a restricted free agent. If they're going to bring him back, they're going to have to match some sort of offer for him, and I think it's... It's going to be a pretty nice offer, uh, you know, nothing, nothing top tier, but uh, enough to make probably enough to make the Spurs uncomfortable with their salary cap situation. I would bet. So yeah, um, that I think that's going to be something to keep an eye on: the Bryn Forbes, Patty Mills, Marco Bellinelli situations, um, and, and I. So I mean that that will be a group I'll probably look at a little bit. Shooting guards, I'll probably profile a few shooting guards. This year, in anticipation of the Spurs losing a couple,
0: yeah, so yeah, shooting guard he looks a little, you know, outside of Lonnie Walker or maybe even Keldon Johnson can move. You can move down to the to the two as well. So yeah, he can
1: put, Keldon Johnson can probably play two and three, okay. I would say. Um, so it kind of depends on how you want to use them or how big or small your lineup is. Um, and then with small forwards, that is pretty much locked up for next year. That's not any issue. Rudy Gay on the hook for fourteen and a half mil. Amari Carroll six point six five mil, Heldon Johnson on a rookie deal, so he's getting paid about two mil. You know nothing, no, nothing really to gawk at there, but uh, solid small forwards, can't complain. And you can, if you're playing real small ball, you can probably use a Lonnie Walker at small forward if you really wanted to. Yeah, that's true. Uh, as far as your other forwards go, Lamarcus Aldridge twenty four mil, like you said, full, uh, partially guaranteed, but. Also, you said, I don't see the Spurs waving yeah, a guy out. No. Like <laughs> happening. Uh, I mean, he his body has to be completely broken down, and he basically has to be a robot who's been disassembled in order for the Spurs to not keep him. Uh, Trey Lyles, so they just signed this offseason, who I also thought was a nice addition, five and a half mil, which is a pretty good deal if you ask me. Lucas Samanich, they just drafted, about 2.8 mil. Jamezi Metsu still on the hook for 1.6-ish. And uh, for those who truly care, Diedrich Lawson is a restricted free agent. But yeah. I gets the feeling that unless he does something crazy, like, or a bunch of guys get injured and he has a chance to really ball out, I don't see the Spurs keeping him around. Um, yeah. So... Power forwards, pretty solid. Don't really need to worry about that group. Centers is where we kind of get into it. And that's the only true center on the squad is Jakob Pearl. And frankly, in this day and age, that's perfectly fine, and especially with so many guys who are interchangeable between two to three positions. I mean, you're going to – if, if Chemezi Metu makes his way up to San Antonio, he'll have a chance to play four and five. I imagine same with Lucas Simonich and Trey Lyles even – might have the chance to do that this season. So I think that the center position is going to be something to keep an eye on. I'll probably write about some big men, both power forwards and centers, who can kind of be interchangeable there. Mm -hmm. So, again, Bertel, strict free agent. I assume somebody is going to make a nice offer for him because he's a really great defensive player. I love watching him play D. He knows his role on offense. He's not going to take away shots from your stars. He's going to do all the dirty work that nobody else wants to do. So somebody will offer him money, and the Spurs will have a decision to make on if they actually match him on.
0: So I, I know that uh, – I know. I, I just actually looked at the at the salary sheet here, and uh, I forgot we, there's uh, Nikola Militinov out there, uh, who is one of their former draft picks from 2015. He's playing right now with uh, Olympiacos. So uh, he has a 2.1 million dollar cap hold. If they want to buy out his contract over there and then bring him bring him to the San Antonio, and he's more of a tradi- your traditional five, very similar to to Jakob, that type of player doesn't really you know doesn't t- command too much of the offense. Just sets picks, rolls, uh, does his job, kind of cleans up the glass. Uh, uh, so, so let's just say that maybe by like February March we start getting reports internationally that, that the Spurs are really looking at bringing Militino over. This coming summer, and then they're also want to maybe re-sign Jakob. Uh, if that's the case, to have two two bigs like that, uh, how how would your 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 um your 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 targeting in terms of who you're looking at as as prospects um, change? Would you still want to look at centers, or would you now be f- focusing more so on power forwards and small forwards? Um, I would probably still look at centers just a little
1: mm-hmm. bit, just in case the Spurs aren't able to bring back Pirtle, or they mm-hmm. don't get, or they don't feel the need to match. Yeah. Um, but I think it would be mostly between them. I'd, I'd look at some power forwards, some guys who were kind of fluid in their positions, um, but really mostly shooting guards. I think, or or at least guys who can play down to shooting guard and maybe our small forwards, like at Keldon Johnson a little bit.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I, I mean, I'm I'm looking at this and I'm thinking shooting guards and kind of a smattering of big men, or who I'm going to be looking at this season, and I think. I, I think the college ranks are going to provide us with plenty of that. Oh, okay, yeah.
0: So, um, yeah, I, I think I totally agree with you. I'm, you know, I'm just looking again, like at their depth chart and for next year. And, and again, I think that you know whether you have DeMar back or not, I think you're definitely getting Dejounte back in some sort of way. Whether it's he gets extended before October this year, or whether um, he's uh, what do you call it? He gets you know he gets he gets matched in free agency, which will probably be the case. Uh, so, you, so you got that point guard for sure short up. You got Dejounte. You got Derek White. You got Patty Mills. Then you got the shooting guard. Uh, you know, like you said, you know whether it's, if it's DeRozan and, and Walker, or if it's a Walker there and no, no Forbes, no, um, no uh, Bellinelli, then that's an area to target. And then you know, small forward you got Carroll and, and Johnson. And again, could DeRozan could be there. Maybe he's not there. So then, so then I think that's that's the, that's the issue this year is uh, it? I think that 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 pick that they're going to have because they only have one pick this year. That's going to be more valuable, right? Because last year you had the you had the opportunity of scouting more players because you knew they had two picks, so there was different positions you could target. Now it's like you gotta, you know, they, they got to try to hit on this one one pick, which could be, you know, if they're a good team, they could be within twenty to thirty, uh, and if they're a bad team, well, then obviously, you know, it could be in the lottery. But that doesn't look like the case right now with this Spurs team. Right,
1: despite what everyone thinks about this Spurs team, who uh, they don't believe will make the playoffs, but uh, you know, we'll just sit back here, we'll sip our tea, and see what happens.
0: Yeah. So I think those are the, the math the math models. I kind of gone over that like. The math models, for some reason, they just do not like the Spurs team. But I think that um, you know, different analysts and also uh, Vegas casinos are definitely like the Spurs next year, and so they're definitely putting them in the playoffs. They don't wanna they don't wanna lose out on any kind of money or anything like that. So, so I think uh, that's something to look at. Um, let me see here. What else I had? Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much you know where where everything stands. Uh, did you want to discuss anything else about the the roster? Nope, I like the roster. think it's going to be great this season. Very excited
1: to watch DeJounte Murray play, Derek White play. Uh, both those guys rated in the 90s on Sports Illustrated's new top 100 players, by the way. Marta Rosen, I believe, was 31. And they're going to release the rest of their rankings throughout the week. So we'll see if LaMarcus Aldridge lands on there somewhere.
0: Yeah, uh, for sure. And then also uh, go ahead and plug the, the latest prospect you just you just wrote about and t- tell the listeners why you're writing more so uh, early on, this early on, about lottery picks instead of, uh, you know, normally what we think the Spurs are going to draft. Absolutely. So latest
1: guy I just wrote about, just finished, Isaiah Stewart, who's playing for Washington this season, 6'9", plays with his back to the basket, pretty raw, nice little player. I actually got to talk to Carl Schoening about – um, about him who called some of his games overseas and got to see him up close. I was very excited about that. And I hope I didn't just butcher his last name because I would feel terrible. No, you did a great job, Carl Schoening. Okay, great. And um, so I, I got some really great insight from him. He was super helpful. And um, I'm targeting – I'm doing some prospect lottery stuff because the Spurs will only have that one – Pick in the first round, but if they make some sort of move, if they have, if they end up trading this season, if they have a deal for Patty Mills and Bryn Forbes or something, like we were discussing earlier, and they end up with a lottery pick, it's always nice to be covered. And that way, they <laughs> can target less guys later in the year. <laughs> it also helps me a little bit. Yeah, I like to get ahead <laughs> on that and it kind of gives you guys an idea of the talent level or what you what you can be looking for if you are watching college troops like I am of course I'm a junkie so you know I want that stuff injected straight into my veins but if you're not quite on that level but you enjoy watching basketball especially if you're on the west coast and you can stay up to watch those Pac-12 games that you know that's a guy you should be watching and I've written a couple other guys as well that um, that will be really good this year and should be worth your time if you're going to spend time
0: for lunch and college basketball please do it's great and don't just do it in march please thank you yeah that's my talk um, so real quick before i let you go ben so like you know when we're looking at the spurs let's say like a like a three to five year projection so we're looking at you know this young core of guys that are going to be here now uh, on the book so we're assuming that's that's Dejounte. That's Derek White. That's uh, Lonnie Walker. That's Keldon Johnson and Lucas Samantha, So those five players. So so again, you know, what what is that that targeting position that you see there? I think I think like you're right. It might be end up being a big because a lot of those you know they have that that those you know they're hoping that the, some of those players hit uh, pretty well within their within their young careers. So I think that you're right that it could be you know another big uh, who, who they might be um, look, pointing to next and, and hoping that these guys can take over at that one, that two, and that three position that they have covered right now. In terms of hoping that they could, that they could, they could, you know, eventually become, you know, de- de- decent role players to maybe all stars one day. So. Right. And the the other thing is, you always have to
1: you always have to try and be as deep as you can mm-hmm. at every position. So, you know, granted, in today's NBA, you don't need big centers. Yeah. There there are really just a few teams who have true true centers. I would say the Pistons with Andre Drummond. The jazz with Rudy Gobert, mm-hmm. and, and there are probably a couple that I don't have off the top of my head. But you know, for the most part, there are other dudes interchanging playing small ball. I mean, you have Draymond Green, who's six seven, who's playing center at times for the Warriors. So if you're strong enough and you're talented enough, and you you know you have certain other traits that allow you to play big with a smaller statue, then you know make it work for you but uh, it doesn't hurt having at least one guy on the roster who's kind of your classic pick-and-roll big man, finishes, fi- you know, takes out the garbage around the hoop, protects the hoop, and can, you know, is, is big, long, has the arms, the wingspan, all that stuff, and can just protect your rim for you. And if, as the, the key is really finding a guy who's comfortable in that role and him understanding that that is his role Play within yourself. Don't try and go out and get too many buckets.
0: Yeah, for sure, because, I mean, like I just mentioned, you know, they're going to have some of those guys that they're hoping that, you know, pop down the line and, and become those guys who can, you know, be, become the, the bucket getters, the guys that can run an offense and, and create for others. So thanks, man, for joining me on this episode of Spurs Cast, episode 553. Um, Spurs Cast, you can, you can follow him on Twitter at the underscore Boomstein. Again at the underscore Boomstein, he's on there. Uh, Ben's like he just mentioned, you know, he's 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 been um, pro, uh, promoting his, uh, I mean, we're working and promoting the, uh, the the prospect watches, the lottery prospect watches right now. He's also been doing that cool thing too with the Sports Illustrated thing, where he's kind of taking apart uh, uh, where they're drafting some of the Spurs players, and I mean, not I mean, where they're projecting some of the Spurs players and, and ranking them, and he's providing uh, where those players uh are are coming in on that sports illustrated um, ranking so thanks again ben for joining me on sportscast episode 553 also i want to give a quick shout out to michael de leon for mixing and and, uh, mixing and editing this uh this episode here 553 so for benjamin bornstein i am paul garcia thank you have a great day